and those songs do that. The good songs of the faith. Again, I was just thinking, I'm kind of already weeks ahead of, uh, in my mind at least, um, as far as, uh, you know, music and preaching, preaching, preachers, families, special music, those that might know that some sing, some don't, and of course, Last year, the Lord helped our choir to sing and got into that a little bit, and uh, what a blessing that that was, and uh, this uh, whole Sunday morning uh, was a real blessing to me, and uh, well, the whole meeting, but uh, just looking back, reflecting, of course, that's behind us. We got to look forward, and looking forward to what the Lord might might do um, here in the future. All right, so I've got to get some ink, and I had to just wrote out a few things, and hopefully... It'll be a blessing to us tonight in uh, uh, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is a very familiar passage uh, for most folks. Um, Luke 15. And... uh, I was sitting there reading, and it was quiet and thinking, and just the, the Lord actually put the song on my heart first about the prodigal son, and then I decided to go over and read, and God began to just, like I said, I've read, I've preached out of this several times, and heard preaching out of this a whole bunch through the years, uh, but just a little different. Not so much the 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 people involved here uh, that that actually popped off the page this time around, but uh, uh, just some thoughts about the far country and the father's house. And so, hopefully, it'll be a blessing to us tonight. But um, let's begin reading in verse number one, and then we're going to jump down and read uh, beginning in verse number eleven. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Talking about Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Thank God he does. (laughs) Amen. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, Okay, so it's a parable, but it's a three-part parable the way that I read it because there is no break. He goes from the lost sheep here in verse number 4 to the lost sheep coin in verse number 8 to the lost son in verse number 11. And um, let's just, I'm going to read, let's read, well, let me read, let's go back up, verse number 4. What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, because I will make reference back to four, uh, the, the, the coin and the sheep here. What man of you having a hundred sheep and hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not have, leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? And go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth uh, together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, Likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman hath ten pieces of silver, if she lose one, 
peace doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. (laughs) And he said, A certain man had two sons, the younger, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would feign, and another, we don't use feign too often in in American English, so gladly is a a, a good definition of the word feign or a a synonym, I guess, of, of feign. So he would gladly, or he would fain, have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you left the 99 in the, in the desert, Lord, and the Lord come and found me. A lost sinner, lost sheep, Lord, and uh, Lord, a lost coin, a lost son. And Lord, I see myself in these three passages and in these three uh, parables, Lord, uh, the parable of the three accounts here, I see myself. And Lord, I remember when I was lost and when I was in the wilderness and I, and I couldn't find my way home. And uh, Lord, I was uh, just in a, in, a, in, a, in a hog pen and in life, Lord, and, uh, but Lord, I... I remembered and I was told about the Father's house and all that, that stood, all that was there for me in the Father's house. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you made me a son uh, according to John chapter 1 and what a blessing that that is, an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I don't understand it all, but Lord, I thank you that I am. And I thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for this word. And I ask and pray that you would use it tonight. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen. All right. So there's lots of different points here. Uh, of course, rejoicing is in all three of these accounts. When they found the sheep, when they found the coin, and when the son come home, there was rejoicing. What a blessing that that is! And I, I like the way that it said about the, you know, that joy. Likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, over 
are more than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels. Now, I've always heard that mis, uh, misquoted and that saying the angels was rejoicing. It doesn't say that. It says the angels was rejoicing in heaven. It doesn't say that. It says they were in the presence. Rejoicing was in the presence of the angels. You know, I think the angels looking into that redemption, and they, they, don't know, they still don't understand it because they don't have it. Hallelujah. But if, if the Lord himself, if God himself is rejoicing, it's in the presence of the angels. And I believe that great cloud of witnesses, amen, that's already gone on. When they're looking over, especially grandma and grandpa, died believing, you know, mama and daddy praying and died and not seeing their prayers answered in their sons and their daughters coming to Christ and not seeing their prayers answered in their grandchildren coming to Christ. You're looking over the banister of heaven when they come to Christ. I believe that they're rejoicing in the presence of the angels and the angels are scratching their head going, what are they, what are they shouting over? You know, what is this redemption? <laughs> what, is, uh, what is that all about? They, they still don't understand. And, but there's rejoicing in the presence of angels and then, of course, rejoicing there in the Father's house. But when I got down here to, uh, let's see here, I guess it was um, verse 13, and not many days after. So we, we see that he went to his father and said, look, I'd like my portion of, my, you know, of the living. This is his younger son, and most of it, in the course, in the Old Testament economy, Jewish economy, it went to the older son as far as the larger portion. Uh, it fell on the, lo- the older son to take care of the father in their old age. There was no nursing homes back then. There was no you know, retirement homes or anything like that. As, as, the, as the parent, as, the, as a man uh, uh, um, uh, made his living and, and increased his goods, then the larger portion went to the son's. The oldest son got the larger portion because it was fell on the oldest son to take care of the father in his old age. And so he had the larger portion. But the younger son said, I want my, I want my inheritance. And, and he got it. And the father went ahead and divided it up in verse number 12. And then not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, like Jesse did. <laughs> no. Gathered all together, filled up his car, and took off to Michigan. No, that far country. It is a far country. But anyway, um, but he went... He, he, he gathered all together and he took a journey to the far country and the far country popped off the page. And I began considering the far country and in correlation to the father's house, in comparison to the father's house. What was in the far country and what's in the father's house. And, and just kind of some thoughts and hopefully it'll be a blessing and a help to you today. But So he, he went to the far country and, and uh, the first thing that we see that happened in the far country uh, once he took his journey there, that he wasted his substance with riotous living. He wasted his substance with riotous living. And I couldn't help but to think of Hebrews chapter 11, talking about Moses. We just uh, had referred to Moses in our men's Sunday school class a little bit. But when it got down to Moses here, and Moses was the story of Moses. Moses was... Uh, a, a, a baby, and he, and of course, the the Pharaoh and the Egyptians had told him to go and kill all the male, male children, and uh, the parents uh, hid him. That we see in verse number twenty three of, of of Hebrews eleven. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid 
of the king's commandment. And so they, they hid him. And, they, and the story was they put him in a, in a basket and they put him in the, in the river and he got caught up in the bulrushes. And then Pharaoh's daughter come out and seen him pulled and real, recognized him even as then as, a, as one of the children of the Hebrew, uh, Hebrew people and uh, took him and raised him as, his own, as her own, took him into the palace and raised him there as an Egyptian. But uh, it was, God worked it out to where, I mean, obviously the baby was not born to Pharaoh's daughter, so she was not a nursing mother. She needed a nurse. And lo and behold, uh, his sister said, I know a woman that can nurse him. <laughs> and it was Moses' mama. And the Lord worked that out uh, on his behalf. But he was raised up in Pharaoh's house. He was taught, uh, uh, you know, uh, he was taught in the schools, the Pharaoh's schools, or the Egyptian schools. He had, he had access to the palace and all, of the, all the riches and all that went on with ro- uh, royalty and all that went on with being a part of the royal family. But then, verse number 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused uh, to be called the son of of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward." Wait a minute. Had Christ been born yet? <laughs> but he said, they're esteeming the reproach of Christ. How did he take all the reproach of Christ? And Christ wasn't even born yet. Anyway, but that's not the point that I want to make. The point I want to make is he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The pleasures of sin in this he wasted his substance with riotous living. You know, the far country is pleasurable, obviously, for a little while, <laughs> till famine comes. And sin is pleasurable for a little while, but then it's going to end. You know, and I, you know, I got to thinking back, and, and, and uh, you know, I did my, my share of sinning. Uh, you know, again, that's where a lot of Baptists gets uh, uh, off point, I guess is a way to good, good way of putting it, because we, wanna, uh, we want to uh, classify sin. You know, well, I was, you know, I was a sinner when I, before I was saved, but I wasn't a bad sinner. You know? you know, I didn't do those things, but in God's eyes, you were, you know, you, you were just as bad as those that did those things. Yeah. And I ain't even going to go into the things. Because sin is sin is sin is sin. And sometimes, and regardless of the sin, is pleasurable. You know? And Well, I, I, I was even thinking of, of the alcohol. And I was thinking of, uh, you know, I never did do the, any drugs, but alcohol. And I did, I chewed tobacco, you know. And, of course, you know, snuck and smoked a few cigarettes, but I didn't inhale. And when I did, the couple of times I did, I said, there ain't no way I can do that mess. So, you know, just puff on them and waste a cigarette, chew tobacco. And, you know, and I got to think about even just tobacco products and how, what, what vanity is in it. You know, how that, you know, you go out and I was, I even looked up to purchase the, 
The price of a pack of cigarettes in 1985, the year I graduated high school, I know it makes some of you feel a little old. Anyway, 1985 was $1.70. And the pack of cigarettes today, average in Oklahoma, is $6.29. And I said, what? $6.29. And if I remember, there's about 24 cigarettes per pack. You know, and you buy this $6.29... And if you buy a carton, you multiply that by what, 12, I guess it is? I don't know. I never, uh, I bought a carton, but not for myself. But I'm thinking, you know, you, you light it up, and, and if you're a smoker, I, I did tobacco, I chewed tobacco, God delivered me, and I, but I'm just thinking about the vanity of sin. And I'm just using tobacco as, a pro, as, a, as an example. So you light this thing up, so you, 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 you might as well, let me see here. I actually have cash for once, very rarely, but I do, only because I've traveled a little bit. So I said $6.29, so here's 5 6 well, let's just go $7. You might as well just take out $7 and roll this dude up. And set it on fire. <laughs> There's $7. If you go through a pack a day, $49 a week? What? That you're just setting on fire. $49 a week times four. It was just rounded up to 50. Times four weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we're just talking about the price of sin, let alone the, the whatever. But So just the price. Or There's $200 a month. That people are just setting on fire and burning up. You know, and I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, where did it go? <laughs> so, and, and, and I just got to thinking about that. You know, he, 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 he wasted his substance, just like that. Wasted the substance on riotous living. What did it give him? A little pleasure while it was happening? You know, I mean, I know that there's the nicotine in it, and I know that it kind of, you know, there's, you know, whatever, whatever it is, habit drawing in a cigarette or habit drawing in a chew of tobacco, like I used to, 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 to indulge in. Again, you put it in your mouth just to spit it out. What's up? <laughs> you put it in your mouth to chew on it a while just to spit it out. And I'm thinking, how vain is that, huh? Right, and then you don't want to step in it. <laughs> and I just thought about the vanity of that. Oh, it's pleasurable. Yeah, I, you know, I had a little bit of pleasure in it. And when I quit it, you know, there was still a draw in my flesh to go back to it. I would smell it. You know, i go down and i smell it in the aisle when it was a little bit more accessible in the aisle. Now it's behind the counter. But I'd smell it, and I'm like, man, that smells good. Or I would be doing some of the, you know, uh, like fishing or, or whenever I was out doing working in the yard. It was just a, that was a time that I would, you know, would chew the tobacco, you know, and I would get in some of those activities and I'm, in my mind, my flesh would say, you know, a good char of tobacco would be good right now. You know, I'd spit on them worms and then cast it out there and catch a fish on that uh, tobacco uh, spit on the worm or whatever. But just vanity, wasted. And you could just fill in the blank. You take cigarette, you take chewing tobacco out of the blank and fill it in. 
of those things that, that just, you know, a bottle of beer, a bottle of liquor, a bottle of whatever, you know, and I mean, it's gone. You know, you, you, you buy around for the boys because you're, you're free and, and then where, where'd my paycheck go? <laughs> I got to pay my light bill. I got to pay my water bill. Where did the money go? Well, it just went down the drain when you puked it all back up the morning after. Vanity. Riotous living. And, and just night after night after night after night of that and, and every, all his inheritance was gone. It was pleasurable, but it was just for a little season. You know, and, and, and then after that, after that he wasted it all, verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine. So in the far country there was a pleasure of sin, but for a season, and there was this famine that arose up. You know, and there again, there's so many people uh, Brother Hall, in fact, I didn't, I mean, I knew Brother Hall before salvation. Uh, my father-in-law, you know, was, was a drunk, and he would say that he was. We, we stopped in our travels back on Friday and visited, stopped in on his brother, lives there just, just right off the exit, uh, off of uh, Interstate 57. And... Um, we got to talking, and I think it was prayer. Maybe yeah, it was prayer. I asked brother, I asked his brother to pray for us while we left, or maybe it was just in a conversation. But, but just talking about the grace of God on Brother Hall's life, his older brother. You know, he went off to Vietnam and he come back a changed man, and what war does to a man in a man's mind. And of course, his younger brother seen that, and he said, uh, and he was just thanking God about salvation in Brother Hall's life. And how that, you know, he would see him just lay drunk for two weeks at a time. And I, I didn't know none of that. I mean, I knew that he lay drunk often, but, but he would testify of, you know, going and, you know, Friday night's paycheck and it's gone. And there's three kids to feed. There's a wife to feed. There's bills to pay. And it's gone. And just the famine that, that sin brings... The famine that it brings to the family, the famine that it brings to somebody's you know individual life, you know it was pleasurable, but the the, the emptiness that 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 people in their sin um, just experiences, you know, and and though I might not have done a lot of that, I was in I was in, in a family seeing my stepfather who was physically disabled and on pretty strong prescription drugs for pain. And then he would hit the bottle and those prescription drugs in the bottle didn't mix and he would turn into a monster. I was in that kind of home. You know, I seen what, you know, what that kind of lifestyle does to a family unit and the hurt and the pain and, you know, being thrown into a car with whatever mama could grab so she could get away from them, knowing where we was going, always going to Nana's house because Nana was the refuge. Nana was the 
city of refuge. And her house was the city of refuge. And when you come to Nana's house, she had the sword of the spirit at the, begin, at the door. And you wasn't coming beyond her with that, with that sword. And, and my stepdads didn't, didn't bother to do that. But I've been there. I know the famine that it brings to the family, the famine that it brings to, to individuals because I've seen it in, in men's lives. I've seen it in families' lives. I've experienced it many times in my life. And, and, and of course, you know, not only in, in application, not only does it, you know, it, it robs of, of the, the meat and the drink and the bread and everything like that and the bills, but, you know, we read in Amos that we're in a, uh, uh, there, is, there is coming a day, of course it was for the children of Israel in that economy, but that there was going to be a famine of hearing of the words of God, the words of the Lord, and that's exactly where we're at today. Amen. In this land, in this far country, people that live there don't hear the word of God, even though the word of God is preached. Amen. There's a famine of hearing of the word of God, but a famine of bread and, and, uh, and of drink. And it got so bad that he joined himself to the citizen. And, and that kind of popped out as well, just looking at that citizen versus the father. You know, and just, uh, you know, this wasn't a family member. This was probably some kind of stranger. He was looking for work. You see the guys out, you know, and I'm not discounting. I've given to folks, but we were, it was, was it snow or rain? It was snow, Yeah. <laughs> It was or cold that cold wind. It was the cold wind. It was in Springfield, and uh, and coming out of the intersection after we had eaten, you know, there's a couple of them out there with their signs about anything, you know. I'm a father of seven, or got a family of seven, and um, you know anything will help. And I forget what was on there, you know, whatever. Can't work, can't work. Family of seven, something on the on sign, you know. And I got to to just. I mean, he, he was willing to, to hold up a sign. He was willing to join himself with whoever could give him whatever they could. You know, and to get to that place, that's a pretty low place. And I, and I know that there's people there, and I'm not discounting it. I, the Bible tells us that there's always going to be poor among us. You know, and, and I was in Sicily, and when I was in Sicily, and you go to the market, there was beggars that laid in the, at the market. But the beggars in Sicily in 1987... <laughs> was different than the beggars in America today. The beggars in Sicily, there, you know, in, in the market, they actually would cover their face. They would look down. They was ashamed to have to be in that state. Not in America. They're bold. <laughs> in fact, I was in uh, Air National Guard when I first moved to Kentucky and was in Louisville. And I, I, me and the fellow that I, uh, I roomed with whenever we went to the guard weekends, uh, we was going to get uh, supper that night, and we was just going to walk to the restaurant. And, and two men, well, able-bodied men, you know, come up to us wanting something. I wanted to buy them a, 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 a want, uh, you know, the want ads and say, here, here you go, there's job listings right here. I'll buy you a newspaper so you can get a job. But, uh, you know, I know that there's people like that but that's what sin does. It, it, it drives you to, to, to maybe join yourself to people that, that are not your family. That's not really going to give you any help. I mean, you know, yeah, you can crash on my couch, but that's only going to last a while. 
You know, they're, they, 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 they are almost in the same boat that you are, maybe a little bit better, and they'll, they can give you for a little while, but, but it's, their, their hospitality is going to run out. And then this citizen that he joined himself with gave him a job, but the job was to go into the fields and feed the swine. I've told this before, first time that my, my son Andrew, which you all met, we were, we were in Canada, and the man at the time had, had cut down on the number of hogs that he had, but he was a hog farmer, and he, I don't know, he had a lot less than, he used to have hundreds of head of hog, but uh, he, he, was, he had sold off a lot, and you know, something about them boys. They wanted to go see the pigs. So, like boys are, Andrew got ahead of us as we was walking down the path to where the hog lot was. And then in just a minute, he was headed back toward me with this look on his face. Like, Daddy. And I said, what? He goes, the smell. <laughs> I said, that's a hog bot. <laughs> that's hogs. That's what they smell like. And as we got on around, of course, you kind of, I won't say get used to the smell, but it, you know, it's a little bit more bearable the more you smell it. Your olfactory nerve kind of diminishes the smell a little bit. But as we were standing at the gate, looking at these hogs, walking around in their mire, rooting around in their slop, I said, boys, my oldest son was there too, I said, when the Bible talks about that mire... I said, that's the mire. It's not just mud. It's mud and waste. And I said, that's a picture of sin. That's a picture of where we were when God found us. And that's a picture of what he was doing. He was, he was not only, he was out there and he's feeding these swine. And he said he would have fain. And again, I looked up the word fain because I don't use that often. And he, glad, he would have gladly eat of the husk that he was feeding the swine because no man gave it to him. And that's where we are. That's where we were as, as a sinner. And that's where sinners still are. They, they again, they experience famine. Maybe some riotous living, but it only for a little season. They experience this hunger, and they hunger and thirst. And I got to thinking about this particular, uh, let me see if I had it here. <clears throat> in, in Matthew chapter number 5, of course we know that Matthew 5 is known as the <clears throat> Sermon on the Mount. In these chapters here. And the Beatitudes of the Blessed, the Blesseds. And uh, we get down to verse number 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But that wasn't what this young son was experiencing. He, he was just hunger. He wasn't hungering and thirsting after righteousness. There come a time that he realized that there was bread in the father's house. But at this particular place in his life, kind of why our brother... Um, Brother Tim was, you know, talking to, he just didn't have a clue. It wasn't, I mean, you know, he was lost. He was a lost son, but he didn't really realize he was lost. 
You know, there's a lot of folks out there that just, you know, they're just going through the motions. I mean, they get up on Monday, they, they end their 40-hour week on Friday, they get a paycheck, they go to the grocery store, they pay their bills, put gas in the car, and so on and so forth. And it's just the same routine, week after week after week. You know, and, and no thought of God, no hunger and thirst after righteousness, no, no thought of God in their life. They will just wonder why, why the things are the way that they, they are. They wonder why the famine, if you want to put it that way, is in their life. They wonder why they're uh, joined with some of these citizens and, and they just can't seem to get ahead. And I'm not talking, a, and I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel but, you know, when I have a heavenly father who, according to Matthew chapter 6, feeds the sparrows and clothes the lilies of the field, and how much more does he love you and I, as the Goodman song says, I, taken out of that passage of Scripture, and how he feeds me and he closes me and he provides for me his son, then, you know, I, I look back to my life before Christ and I'm thinking it was just... Just a humdrum schedule, the same old, same old, week after week. Get up, go to bed, and do it all over again the next day. And no man gave to him. And here is where the light bulb moment happened. And I thank God that there was a light bulb moment in my life. And for all these sinners, there's got to be that light bulb moment. And I say it that way because the Holy Spirit sheds light on you and your sinful condition. The Holy Spirit says, hey, they're talking to you. They're, they're talking about you. Hey, that's you. You are that lost sheep. You are that lost coin. You are that lost son. And when the Holy Spirit of God, <laughs> I pulled out my flashlight again, says, <laughs> says that light, you know, on you and says, that is you. And lots of times we're sitting there, Maybe as a, you know, and so that's not for me. That must be for, and you just want to, you just want to give it away. Oh, yeah, that, he's worse than I am. <laughs> I know what they did last night. I know what they did on Friday night. They, and, and you want to, we have it in our minds as sinners that, you know, hey, my good will outweigh my bad. And as long as I'm better than somebody else, then I must be, you know, going to get in at least ahead of them. When I ran track, I ran track. Yeah, right. When I was a fat, chubby kid in school, there we go, that's better. And we ran track in our PE for our PE class. And I was huffing and puffing in one of the last two places of the whole class. And most of the time it was me and Susan Matheson. Now, the, now, I had it in my mind that I wasn't going to... Now, this is the way I got, uh, I got... I didn't come in last sometimes. But when I didn't come in last sometimes, I just said, I'm not going to let this girl beat me. Now, not thinking that the whole other... All, every other girl in the class has done crossing the finish line and probably getting their clothes back on, changing back out of their gym clothes. But it became a race in my mind that it was me and, and Susan Matheson. And as long as I could beat her, then I was going to not be last. But there again, that's the way it was. 
You know, I just thought to myself, it, you know, if I can only beat her, and, and, that, and that's the way it is with sinners. If we, we, lots of times as sinners, we just say, look at other sinners, and we said, if I can only do better than them, I'll, I must be get to heaven and, and do okay. It doesn't work that way, as we all know. So, and we all know this, but then there's the Father's house. So there's bread in the Father's house, and blessed is the man that hun- that's hunger and thirsts after righteousness. So there's bread there, and in John chapter 6, verse 35, he says he is the bread of life. Let's just read that, John chapter 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believed not. All that the Father given me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise, up, raise him up at the last day. So there's bread. He came to the, I was about to say, the light bulb moment. I missed that. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house, or my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? There come a time when the Holy Spirit says, look, there's bread at the Father's house. The bread of life. You're not going to hunger. You're not going to thirst if you just get to the Father's house. And he got to the place where he said, I'll go to the Father's house, not as a son. I'll just go and ask to be a servant. Because even the servants have got it better than the sons. I mean, better than I do. You know, and lots of times I think when it gets that way, I heard a story, talking about hog pen. <laughs> heard a story, Brother uh, Hanley Milby, he was preaching and he said that, uh, and I don't know, it might have been him, but I think it was just another old preacher, old time preacher that just knew just some plain wisdom. <clears throat> preacher preaching a meeting in his community and uh, the, old, the old drunk in the community uh, come to the come to the the revival services, the protracted meeting a time or two and got under conviction and uh, come and knocked on the preacher's door, said, I need to get saved. He says, you do? So let's go down to the hog pen. He goes, why do we need to get the hog pen? So you got to get saved. You're going to get down on your knees in the hog pen, in the mire and, and call on God to save you. He said, I am not getting down on my knees in the hog pen. And he left. A couple of nights went by, and that same man come and knocked on his door and said, Preacher, I have got to have some relief. He said, All right, let's go down the hog pen. He said, I am told you the other night I'm not going to go down the hog pen and get in the mire. He said, Well, you're not going to get saved unless you get down the hog pen and call on Jesus. Now, this we were like, What? First time I heard it, I'm going, What? But then a few nights later, he came and he knocked on the door, and, he, and the preacher opened the door, and that man was in muck boots. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he said, Preacher, let's go to the hog pen. He says, You don't have to go to the hog pen. You just got to get to the place where you was willing to get to the hog pen, you know. And, and so there was that, because again, he wanted to know it was real in his life. He wanted to know he was serious about repentance. He wanted to know he was serious about salvation. And that's the way to, that, that, that the old wise preacher knew that he was serious about it. You don't have to necessarily go down there, but you've got to be willing to. And he was willing to be a son, a servant instead of a son. Look, just to get back to the Father's house, I will serve you. But he, 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 he said he was going to, and he said how he would, he would just be a servant. And he even confessed to the Father. In verse number 21, uh, the Son said unto him, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called a son. But the Father didn't even discuss putting him as a servant. <laughs> he just called for the, for the best robe. He called for the, uh, the ring. He called for the, sh- uh, the feet, the shoes on his feet. One, one preacher in South Carolina said, he robed him, he ringed him, and he rebocked him. <laughs> For alliteration's sake. <laughs> but he didn't even, he didn't even, so we see compassion in the father's house, which is unlike the compassion that the citizen gave him. The citizen had no compassion on him. He just simply said, I mean, he might have gave him a job, but he didn't give him anything to eat. No man gave to him no compassion but there was compassion at the father's house and then there was compassion at the father's house and then there was forgiveness at the father's house even though it's not said it's implied that there was forgiveness at the father's house and then then another one that I just wrote down there's family (laughs) At the father's house. And again, he didn't make him a servant. He made him a son. You know, and, and I, I think of some of you. And I think of my, you know, my dysfunctional family that I grew up in. You know, and, and how that we, we can testify of going to our people's houses and yes, there is a familial, we have blood that we share, but that's about it. There's no commonality anymore. There is no, there's no common goals. There's no common, there, there's just, I mean, they, we know that our mothers, our fathers, our brothers, our sisters, our aunts, our uncles, and we know that we have that familial connection physically, but that's it. There's no connection spiritually. And how a lot of folks, you know, after salvation says, you know, I love my daddy, I love my mama, but I just can't go down, I can't be a part of what they're into. But then they, they stand and they testify in the house of God that I thank God that though I can't fellowship with my earthly family, I have a family that's bigger than anything that I ever imagined. You know, and the Bible talks about when my father and my, when my father and my mother forsake thee, then the Lord will take thee up. And he does, and he gives us a family. He gives us a family of God and how that we can have this church body here. And, of course, it's the church and the church and the family. It's two different things in my book, in my mind, because I think the church is a local assembly and there's many local assemblies and we're all going to get together and have one local assembly in heaven. <laughs> Amen. 
<laughs> but we got the great big family of God, and we can be here, or we can go to visit Brother Tooley in England, and those that are saved in, in his church in England, there will be a connection. And what is the connection? The connection is the Father. The connection is Jesus Christ. The connection is the Holy Spirit. And we can, we can go to Pollard and we can worship with them and there's just something about it. We can go to Bethany and worship with them and there's just something about the people there and all over the land, Island Fortress, name some places. But we go in and people are just, they receive you and people coming in and we receive them and there's just a connection. And there's that connection as a family and, and that family connection, that spiritual family. So there was uh, forgiveness, there's family and then I got, there was meat. <laughs> so he brought forth a fatted calf and killed it and let us eat and be merry. So there was meat uh, there at the family. And so the sustenance, and we have, we can apply that spiritually and we can apply that physically and how God will take care of us that way. And then there was merriment, just like there was over the lost sheep and just like there was over the lost coin. There was merriment and there was merriment when the sun come back and then there was music. He puts a song in our heart, song in the night, and uh, just gives us something. Gives us a song, and I, it was it was messed up. I was down here at Dollar General this morning before church, and I I don't even know who sings it, but I know the song. You know what I'm saying? One of the most secular songs, and um, and I, if I start off, but anyway, talking about uh, anyway, song about. And it has a phrase, save my soul, all right? And uh, about a beat, and I said, oh. So the guy behind the counter was singing it, and I said, oh, now that song's going to be stuck in my head. And I said, I'm getting ready to go to church. And I said, and it wasn't rock and roll that saved my soul or a beat. I said, it was Jesus Christ. Of course, I said it loud enough for the whole store to hear me. But anyway... And I said, I'm going to have to go to church and sing Amazing Grace. Just get that out of my head. You know, and I'm glad that the songs of the faith, you know, don't glorify sin and don't glorify the world. The songs of faith points us, it reminds us of what Christ has done for us. And the songs of the faith reminds us of what's in store for us in heaven. And the joy that we have in him. And so there's music that we can, ha- we can have uh, you know, in our lives that will do all that too. Like I said, just hodgepodgey things and, and um, of, of the things like that and uh, some things between the, fam- the, the far country and the father's house. And at first I was like, you know, looking around here and I was like, where in the world is that for? But then I realized later on where it was for. So anyway... Hoping that others would be here, maybe it would come out a little bit different, but that's the message tonight. <clears throat> so we'll have a song and uh, sing a, a verse or two, and then we may just take some time here in a little bit and kind of discuss some of the meeting tentative early early plans and try to get some things going in the right direction so we can make some, uh, uh, yeah, so we can start planning what we need to plan over the next several I know Miss Sherry's not here and I know she wants to be a part of knowing what's going on and I understand that so but we can like I said maybe throw some things out and get an idea of what we want to do Brother Tim Miss Pam come and I'm glad that 
I'm in the Father's house, and I'm glad that I have all that I have in the Father's house, and I know everybody else in here can testify of those things. And I'm glad of folks seeing, uh, and I'm, I'm really careful, especially after preaching last Sunday night, of giving him the glory and uh, testifying to those things. People are excited to see, and I think it's a testimony of the church, but it's not really of us. Like he pointed out, there's none of us, nothing, nothing that we've done. We just prayed. God answered prayer. To him be the glory. You know, those that are saved in here, we prayed and God answered prayer. The building, we prayed and God answered prayer. But God did it all. God directed it even before we even started praying about it. <laughs> God had it on his radar, I believe. And uh, what a blessing. A lot of blessings that is. I just want to give him the praise and the glory that's due unto his name. Let's sing. <clears throat> 